Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of General Conference Conversations, the podcast where we have conversations about General Conference. I'm your host, Kaylin, and I'm super excited to be here with you today discussing the words of Christ's chosen leaders. So let's get right into it. So today we are talking about Elder Suarez's talk from the Sunday morning session, uh, Followers of the Prince of Peace. And if you <laughs> have watched this before, listened to this show before, you know how much I love to talk about peace. So as you can guess, I kind of have a lot to talk about with this episode. Um, but before I dive in, as always, I encourage you to listen to and or read this talk before you come and listen to me talk about it so you can get your own inspirations and promptings and questions to ask things you want to study further and then maybe I can add something my own personal experiences or the connections that I was able to make as I was reading or any of the questions I might ask and with that in mind <laughs> I will dive right in so Easter of course um Easter's always a big part of April Conference, I feel like, even if, you know, it's not on Easter, it's like a week or two either before or after Conference. And so, um, and it's just a season, right? Spring and um, it's, near, it's near Easter, like we just kind of have this um, association with April conference and Easter. And so often we get a lot of Easter talks. This time we got a lot of Easter talks, um, specifically about Easter. And we get a lot of talks that just mention Easter or Holy Week. And that is how Elder Suarez um, starts his talk, is talking about um, Palm Sunday and Christ entering the holy city on a donkey and how everybody was so happy that he was there spreading out garments and palm leaves um and that it was you know this precursor to the pain and sorrow of the atonement um the actual suffering and dying on the cross and then, of course, to the joy of the resurrection. And he then goes on to talk about how, as followers of Christ, we are called to promote his peace. We are followers of the Prince of Peace. It's literally his title, right? We are followers of the Prince of Peace. And so we have the duty of spreading that peace and of being peacemakers, peacekeepers. And he talks about um, the pioneers getting very specific instructions from the Lord who were like getting ready to go out west, that they should cease to contend one with another, cease to speak evil, and that they are promised that those who practiced works of righteousness and tried to walk in the way of meekness, um, that they would have the peace to get through the, the craziness <laughs> of what they were about to endure. And 
as I said earlier, if you are an avid watcher of um, my show or a listener, if you're listening, uh, you know that I say this every other episode, <laughs> it feels like sometimes. Um, at least three times this season, just just this season. But it's so powerful to me and so I just I have to share it every time I think about it and if you're brand new to this episode or to this podcast then hello um you get to know about my some of the things so my favorite things to talk about this episode so regarding peace um I had a friend years ago a long time ago now and it's stuck with me ever since he said that peace is not an emotion, it's a state of being. And so you can be at peace and be happy. You can be at peace and be sad. You can be at peace and be angry or upset or frustrated or grieving or confused or, right? Like you can, you can feel all of that while still being at peace. And he explained it specifically with like talking about grief. And he said, when a loved one dies, you're going to grieve them. You have the knowledge that you'll see them again or the belief that you'll see them again, right? We have faith that we'll see our loved ones again. But in the moment, right now, you're human. And so that's, that, that's going to hurt. It's going to be really painful. You can't comprehend eternity. You can't comprehend that you really will see them again. And, but the peace part comes from that belief and that faith. While you are grieving, while you are sad and hurting, you can still be at peace, believing that you'll see them again. And same thing with any other emotion, right? You can be angry or frustrated that something didn't work out the way you wanted it to or the way you were expecting it to, right? Plans fall through. Your life goes in a direction that you weren't expecting. You can be frustrated about that, about missed opportunities or unmet expectations, but you can still be at peace knowing that whatever God's got in, in store for you is going to be even better than what you just missed out on. And so it's this kind of paradoxical thing, right? You don't think about, oh, I'm at peace. I'm really angry. <laughs> but I have found it helps me a lot in my life. Um, I deal with some lovely anxiety and often I feel very strongly. I feel my emotions very deeply and I have learned that I need to feel them and process them and not just pretend that I'm okay and move on with my day, but actually process them and and feel them in, in a healthy way, right? But um, but I can still be at peace. I can still find 
peaceful moments in my day when I remember that my savior's got me, that this won't be forever, that whatever I'm worried about is probably fixable pretty easily. And so I want you to keep that like in mind as we're talking about spreading peace. Um, Cause he doesn't super talk about what pre what peace means like he does but not in like a this is the definition of peace um but he does say that just as i as i was reading or as i right before i was talking about peace he talks about they are promised peace to survive the commotion in which they lived and i think that's such it is such a it's another testament to me that my friend was right that he didn't take away the commotion right we take we talk about that a lot right we don't he doesn't take away the storm he doesn't take away the, the hardships he strengthens us through it we talked about that just last episode with sister johnson's uh talk jesus christ is relief that he often lightens our load or strengthens us through it and i think peace is a big part of that that as Christ gives us comfort and reminds us of the bigger picture, we have peace in knowing that this one thing that feels really heavy right now won't be here forever. And that we can get through it with his help, with the help of our friends and family. And so I just wanted to share that kind of first and foremost since we're talking about peace again today. <laughs> Um, he also goes on to talk about all the ways we've been, um, talked about are instructed to, um, unite, be in unity, um, to love one another, to get rid of all of the contention and the personal conflicts in our lives. And we've also talked a lot about that. We just talked about that with, um, Elder Christopherson's talk, One in Christ, a couple of episodes ago, about unity and what unity looks like. And I don't think it's an accident that Elder Suarez's talk comes right after those two, right, as he's talking about these things. So, he then goes on to talk about charity and how when we often think of charity we usually turn to like acts of charity right donations or giving to a charity rather than like christ-like love right um but he talks about being an attribute of christ and it can also become part of our character and that that is such a was such a huge part of who Christ was and helped him to be at peace and helped him to um, spread peace to others, um, which is kind of what he's getting at here. Is that as we are, you know, Christ's um, followers, we're trying to spread this peace and you know 
have help others to feel this peace and charity is a great way to do that. So he talks about three different times that Christ perfectly exemplified charity and peace and that he was at peace um, during uh, right before he was killed. Uh, washing his disciples' feet, knowing that Judas was going to betray him, um, healing the ear of the soldier who came to arrest him um, when his ear got cut off. <clears throat> Jesus didn't just reprimand his apostle, he healed his ear. And then when he was standing in front of Pilate and I'm being unfairly accused, he did not utter a single word. And I think <laughs> these three examples can feel quite daunting, right? Um, the thought of, you know, washing someone's feet or serving someone who you know is going to betray you or who has betrayed you. That sounds really hard. Healing someone who you know has come to hurt you or to punish you. That sounds really hard. <laughs> Not standing up for yourself and saying, no, no, these, these charges are wrong. That sounds really hard. And I have to remind myself that one, Christ was perfect. And we are not expected to be perfect in this life. We're expected to strive for it and try to be like Christ. But if we don't, it's okay. He talks about that a little bit later, so I'll get more into that in a second. But the second thing is, there's a very interesting set of circumstances that Jesus was in, right? We are not, probably not going to be asked to wash somebody's seed who's going to, who we know is going to betray us. Um, at least not like literally, metaphorically maybe. We're also not going to have to heal someone's ear who's about to arrest us. Probably not metaphor, not literally, maybe more metaphorically. Especially the last one, right? <laughs> like I can't think of a time where I'm going to like stand in front of a judge and not plead my case. Um... But it does show the immense charity and the immense peace that Christ had in his life. He still loved these people. He still healed them and washed their feet, even though he knew that their intentions were not pure because he knew the bigger picture. He knew what was going to happen. Um, he knew that it was all important and that you know these little moments weren't going to define these people or that they they don't have to define those people so <laughs> so he goes on to talk about how a big um part of our discipleship and how we promote the peace of the savior is how we treat other people that's a big, and so that's the whole thing, right? Charity. Charity is a way that we promote peace and show that we are disciples of Christ. And he lists some of the virtues that Christ taught 
while on earth, not only but particularly, I says love, charity, patience, humility, and compassion. And he says this, such attributes are gifts from God, and as we strive to develop them, we will begin to see our neighbors' differences and weaknesses with more empathy, sensitivity, respect, and tolerance. One of the most evident signs that we are drawing closer to the Savior and becoming more like him is the loving, patient, and kind way with which we treat our fellow beings, whatever the circumstances. And I just love that. I love this very simple, right? One of the one of the biggest, most like most evident signs that we're drawing closer to the Savior and becoming more like Him is the way that we treat people, the way that we treat those around us, and that all of those virtues that he lists, love, charity, patience, humility, and compassion, are attributes that we develop in our interactions with others. Um, love and charity, obviously, patience can be with ourselves. All of these can be with ourselves as well, right? We're trying to love ourselves, be kind to ourselves, patience with ourselves, but also patience with others and their shortcomings, um, humility <clears throat> and compassion. And, and I love that first part of that quote as well, that as we strive to develop them, we'll begin to see our neighbors' differences and weaknesses with more empathy, sensitivity, respect, and tolerance. It was one of my favorite things and one of the things I like still tr I still strive to have even now um, as a missionary <laughs> now that I'm not a missionary but as a missionary I loved having the gift I don't know if it was a gift specifically for me or if it was just as missionaries <laughs> um, was getting a glimpse of how God thought about people, how much he loved them. And it was always so trippy and amazing and beautiful to hear someone's life story or meet them for the first time, have dinner at their house, whatever it may be, and look at them and to feel just a fraction of what God felt for them, feels for them, the love and the humanity and just seeing them as a child of God. Not as some random person that I happen to be talking to, but as a child of God with divine potential that, you know, that they're not much different from me. We're going through this crazy, amazing, horrible, weird world together, attempting to be the best people that we can. And sometimes we fail, but God still loves us. And 
I try, like I said, I try to to still do that. I still, I try to take a step back and and look at the people in my life who are more constant, right? As a missionary, you meet a lot of people in a very short amount of time and move around a lot, switch areas, meet new people every single day. And so the people that I'm interacting with now are often um, the same people, right? I don't, I don't meet new people super often. And so I try, especially in those situations, because I'm around these people all the time, try to you know, take a step back and remind myself and try to see them through God's eyes. And sometimes it's hard, right? People annoy us, people say the wrong thing, people hurt us. But it's easier to, I want to say it's easy because it's still not, but it's easier to forgive, to love, to let things go to move on from something that happens when we see them the way God sees them. And so he mentions this a little later, but I'm going to ask the question now. Um, he talks about developing these Christ-like attributes specifically. So how can you foster the virtues of love, charity, patience, humility, and compassion in your life? And I know I've shouted this out before, but um, Preach My Gospel has a whole chapter on developing Christ-like attributes. They did just put out a new edition like a month ago. It has not been very long. So I don't know what the chapter on Christ-like attributes looks like in the new edition um so it might be different than what i had as a missionary um it's the same it's still chapter six um but it's named something different it has cross-like attributes in the title you will be able to find it very easily but it's still chapter six of preach my gospel you can find the old edition the previous edition is still on gospel library if you're curious if they're like super super different um, like I said, I haven't read chapter six in the new one. So, but I know the old one has like a quiz, like an evaluation, like a self-evaluation that you can see which, uh, Christ-like attributes you should work on. And then they also have a section for each Christ-like attribute with like scriptures and examples in the Savior's life and ways that you can develop those Christ-like attributes. So, how can you do that? How can you foster the virtues? And I don't want, like, don't, like, the, oh, I have to do love and charity and patience and humility and compassion. That feels like a lot, right? Choose one or two. Maybe you're already working on one, and that's fantastic. Um, but little bit, little bit, right? But bit by bit. He also has this whole, um paragraph um about communication and miscommunication lack of communication and social media and this is also something that i'm very passionate about um i like i love social media i'm on social media all the time i enjoy scrolling through instagram <laughs> i enjoy keeping up with my friends and family and celebrities I like and accounts that I like and TV shows that I like. 
Um, and I think that social media can be a good, a, a, a great tool to do good. Spreading the gospel is a huge part of that, but also spreading kindness and connecting with people who are like you and making people feel that they're not alone when used correctly, right? Everything has the good and the bad. <laughs> and social media certainly has a lot of negatives that can come if used not correctly, right? In, in a negative way. And one of the things he talks about is this shift in the way that we communicate. Um, that we are quick to engage in negative comments about what we think are differences that other people have, whether that's in appearance or belief, political views, likes and dislikes, right? We're, we're a little bit quicker to um, criticize people who look like they're different than us because often that's all we see right we we see a post from someone we don't sit down and have a conversation with someone even if you're commenting on this post or you're messaging it's not the same as sitting down and having a face-to-face -face conversation with someone right and so that makes the communication different it also makes it really easy to state your opinion and then walk away without having it challenged in meaningful ways. You know, you don't have to listen to anybody else. You can just turn your phone off. You can just close the tab. You can swipe out of the app. We have this ability to just... Sorry. <laughs> I don't know if you could hear the siren buying. Um we have the ability to just walk away, to think our opinion is correct because we don't let anybody else challenge it, right? And it's it can be really damaging uh, to yourself, to other people, and we lose this human interaction. We lose this ability to debate and to listen to other people's opinions, other people's experiences, and we only hear and consume what we want to hear and consume. And so, obviously to tie this back to the gospel, what he is talking about is just what we were talking about just now, right? That when we have that separation when we don't put the time and energy into listening to other people's stories and opinions and why they think the way that they think we can often be negative derogatory mean which is the opposite of those christ-like attributes that we were just talking about trying to develop and he He says this, 
If we are not careful with our thoughts, words, and actions, we may end up being entangled by the cunning tricks of the enemy, destroying our relationships with the people around us and our loved ones. And I liked the word he used there is careful. And it goes full circle, right back to what I was talking about earlier. Often I have to take a step back when I'm looking at my relationships, looking at the people in my life. When we get so... It's kind of this, the opposite, right? You're so detached. You can also be too close to a situation. You can also be just in it and you can't see a way out. Um, taking a step back and being careful with how you word things and how you talk about things and how you listen to people. And so I want you to think about that. That's my second question is, how can you be more careful with your thoughts, words, and actions? Whether that's in a relationship with a family member or that is on social media about a political issue that you're really involved with or passionate about. Whether that is talking about your favorite TV shows. Like, you know, like it can too many things words are hard um i'm trying to like i hope that i'm getting across what i'm trying to say we don't need to like give up our beliefs or not stand up for them or not um whatever but we can do it more carefully we can do it with more charity with more understanding about the people that we're interacting with when we listen and when we hear their side of things without, before we just jump to conclusions and think that everybody's out to get us. Um, I feel like that happens quite a lot, is that people just assume what other people are thinking without asking them, without hearing their side of the story. We assume from rumors, from stereotypes, from all sorts of things, right? And that breaks down those walls of communication and breaks down the, the the relationships that we're trying so hard to have in this life. If if Satan can separate us, he can get to us. We need people, we need other people in our lives. So that's my second question. How can you be more careful with your thoughts, words, and actions? And the rest of his talk is a lot of promises, and I'm not going to read all of them, but I do encourage you to read, honestly, it's not the last four, so it's the fourth, the fourth paragraph from the end, so not the conclusion, like the conclusion, there's one, two, conclusion is one, two, three, four, four and three. Um, I hope they... Anyway, they start with my dear brothers and sisters, and then I promise you that those two those two paragraphs are chock full of promises, like invitations and promise blessings about the the things that we can do and the help that we will get as we try to promote the peace that Christ. Uh, gives us 
I'm trying to think if there's anything else. If I got a thought. Yeah, no. Um, and, oh yes, this is what I'm saying. I say this all the time, and I'll say it again. Um, when we think, or when I, I feel like as members of the church, when we're talking about promoting peace, or spreading the gospel, or whatever it may be, we think very heavily of missionary work. And we have a very specific way that we think about missionary work and what missionary work is supposed to look like. We think of it as attracting, knocking doors, giving out books of Mormon, copies of the Book of Mormon, inviting people to church or church activities. There are so, so many ways <laughs> that you can promote peace, as we were just literally talking about, right? There's so many ways you can promote peace and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ and whatever it may be, um, without doing that. If that's something that you feel feel called to do, you know, you have somebody who you think should really have the Book of Mormon, absolutely go for it. But that's not, that's not how missionary org has to be. We just had the elders over for dinner the other night and they shared um, a video called Love, Share, and Invite. And of course, we've heard this new kind of initiative from the church, right? Love, Share, and Invite. And they have a video about it and it's so, so good. And it's just all of these uh, examples of people loving, sharing, and inviting. And some of them are like, oh yeah, I went to church on Sunday. I sing in my church choir. People are like, oh, well, that's cool. Follow-up questions. Or somebody talks about family search. Or they invite them to, they invite somebody to like play on their ward volleyball team. Something like that, right? There's also one that really caught my eye. Um, it was a coach and his like coach, the other coach there. It was either another coach or one of the parents, the players who had lost his dad. And the coach was asking him, you know, how are you doing? He was a great guy. And he was like, I'm doing okay. That was literally the whole conversation. That was literally the whole example. Didn't mention Jesus, didn't mention church, didn't mention anything. He was just there. I didn't press. He didn't say, oh, well, tell me how you're feeling and what can I do? He just let him know that he was thinking about him and wanted to know how he was. And he knew that his dad had passed away and that he was someone that he could come to. Like I think about myself in that situation, right? I've just lost a parent and someone that I may or may not be close to, right? I don't know how close he is to this coach. Um, maybe they're like best friends. Maybe they only see each other on game days. Um, but I think about that. I think about somebody who like, I may or may not know very well who just asks how I'm doing. And, you know, so I heard about so-and-so, or I heard about your mom or your dad, or whatever, right? And I think about that, and personally, <laughs> I find it really hard to go to people that I don't know with my problems. I find it really hard to go to people that I do know with my problems. That's a me thing. But I know that if I had an experience like that, I knew that I, I would know that I could go to that person, that I could trust them even if I was absolutely terrified <laughs> to do anything about it. But like, 
I knew they were a safe person if I absolutely needed something that I could call them or I could text them or whatever, right? And maybe that's all it is. Or maybe 20 years from now, they come to you and say, why are you so happy all the time? Where do you get your peace? And they say, and you can say, Jesus. Right? Like you're planting seeds or you're not planting seeds, but you are spreading the peace. You're giving someone some of a, a safe place. You're listening. That was a very long-winded way of saying all of that. <laughs> but I would think... Anyway, watch the video. It's really, really good. Just like YouTube. Love, share, and invite Church of Jesus Christ. So, to recap. Um, questions... How can you foster the virtues of love, charity, patience, humility, and compassion in your life? And how can you be more careful with your thoughts, words, and actions? Um, and I'll, of course, put those in the show notes. So if you, like, miss them, you don't have to, like, pause and try and write them down or anything. Um, as for further study, I will also put these in the show notes. But he has two uh, conference talks that he references. There are a lot of stuff in the footnotes. There's a lot of um, scripture references. There's also some references to like Jesus the Christ. And there's a lot of scripture references. So be sure to like pay attention to those. But talks specifically that I picked out. Preaching the Gospel of Peace by President Nelson from April 2022. And... The Power of Spiritual Momentum by President Nelson, also from April 2022 General Conference. I have episodes for both of those. They're not on YouTube yet. They are just as a podcast. But if you're interested in those, you can find those as well. And then, of course, as I mentioned earlier, Chapter 6 of Preach My Gospel has great stuff about um, developing Christ-like attributes. But that is all I've got for you guys today. Um, but thank you so much for watching and or listening to this episode. As always, I am on Instagram and Facebook. You can follow me over there for updates. Um, you can also subscribe on YouTube or follow me on your podcatcher of choice. I love to hear comments, emails, messages, and reviews, anything. I love to have conversations with you guys. And all of that will be linked in the show notes as well if you're interested. And I'll talk to you all next time.